Good morning. Good morning. And welcome on this Super Bowl Sunday. So just a reminder, if you have a specific team that you are rooting for, or shall we say praying for this morning, please do so silently so as to avoid any confrontations after the service. On that note, I invite everyone to please stand and join in singing hymn 135, found in our blue hymnals. Our service of Holy Eucharist, Rite 2, begins on the front page of our seasonal booklet and on page 355 of the Book of Common Prayer. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, 
to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, who before the passion of your only begotten Son revealed his glory upon the holy mountain, grant to us that we, beholding by faith the light of his countenance, may be strengthened to bear our cross and be changed into his likeness from glory to glory through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from the second book of Kings. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elijah said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elijah and said to him, do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, yes, I know, keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here. For the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, 
Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elisha said to him, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water. The water was parted to one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, you have asked a hard thing. Yet, if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elisha ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. reading from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded their minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it, is the God, for it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 
the word of the Lord. Our gospel hymn this morning is hymn 129, found in the blue hymnals. Please stand as you are able and join in singing hymn 129. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Systems theorists tell us that the primary objective of any organization is stasis. The group system will do anything in its power not to change. Now think about that for a moment. An organization will do anything in its power not to change. Now I'm not sure if it's all that different from the reality that for many of us, the word change has become a dirty word. In fact, recently, one of our parishioners informed me that, well, let's not use the word change when discussing this topic, but use the word adapt. We need to adapt to what is going on around us. Somehow, by rephrasing it, it's more palatable than the word change. Now, in my household... The word change can bring anxiety into the family like there's no tomorrow. And if you want a barometer of the change going on in our family, all you need do is look to my younger daughter, Kaylee. Kaylee, since her youth, has not liked anything to do with change. And although eight years ago we moved from Syracuse here to Rhode Island, and she was in the midst of graduating from her undergraduate program in Buffalo to her graduate program just outside of Rochester. And even though she had her own apartment, the fact that we were moving great, caused great angst. And the only way to help her feel comfortable with the move at all was to assure her that she would still have her bedroom in our new house. And more importantly is that bedroom with her furniture in it had to be painted the exact same color that it was in Syracuse. And to this day, eight years later, in what has now become another guest room, but don't tell her that, it is still network gray, the same color it was when she was 16 and living in Syracuse. So there's something within us that really struggles with the concept of change and transition. And I bring this up because this morning, both our Old Testament and our, new, and our gospel reading is all about transition and preparing for change. Think about it. In our reading from 2 King, we hear the story of the passing of the mantle between Elijah and Elisha. But what is this passage all about? It's all about Elisha's anxiety about the fact that Elijah is about to be assumed into heaven. And you hear those voices saying to him, you know your master is going to be taken away today. 
And Elisha gets all kind of nervous about it and goes to Elijah and asks him for a double portion of whatever he's leaving behind to his followers. Now, the request of a double portion is not unusual in the Old Testament. That is the portion of the estate that a father would leave to the eldest son. So if there were four sons, the estate would be divided into five parts, and the eldest would get two-fifths of the estate because the eldest became responsible for any unattached women folk within the family. So Elijah, or Elisha, now knowing that he is to assume Elijah's mantle, asks for that double portion of whatever it is he's going to receive. And eventually he has no choice but to let Elijah go. And we hear that scene where the chariot comes and takes him away and kind of pulls him apart from Elijah. And now he must stand as the lead prophet in Israel and take on the mantle, whether he wanted it or not, of Elijah. Resistance to change. In today's gospel, we have another transition point that's going on. We heard the passage from Mark of Mark's version of the transfiguration. We all know the story as Jesus brings three of the disciples up to the top of a mountain. And there he fully reveals sort of his resurrected glory to them and puts forth Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophet. And the disciples witness this wonderful reality. But what is it that Peter immediately wants to do when he gets over his terror? He wants to build shelters. Now, in other translations, it is, shall we build three booths? And scholars tell us that that may be a reference to the Jewish festival of Sukkot in which just after the high holidays, Jews built tents kind of outside their primary dwelling, and there they have dinner or their meals every night during the festival. But as I look at it, the question that I have is what's really going on in Peter's mind? Because we are at a transition point. Before this moment... All of the Gospels have been about Jesus' ministry in the Galilee area, the healings and the teaching. And now as we come off the mountain, Jesus is heading towards Jerusalem and he begins to face the cross. Now Peter is not quite aware of this transition but somewhere he knows that they're about to move on and so no wonder he may want to just stay planted where he is in the midst of God's glory but he also now must come and face the reality 
as Jesus calls them to follow him to the cross. It is after this scene that Jesus asks the question, who do men say that I am? And it's Peter who gets the answer right. And it is then that Jesus declares Peter the rock upon which his church should be built. So although Peter may not know it, he may want to stay within this comfortable realm with Jesus at the mountaintop, he is about to head into transition and in time be led to the cross with Jesus and then to the ascension. And just like Elisha must take on the mantle as the primary leader of the nascent church, So we too this week are also at that point of transition in the church year. These last few weeks since Christmas, we have been in the season of Epiphany. And we have heard about the miracles and all the ways that Jesus has revealed himself to us. And now as we with the disciples go up to the mountaintop, as we come down, our focus moves towards Ash Wednesday, Lent, and the walk to the cross with Christ as well, and then to the resurrection. And so we too are in a state of liturgical transition. And the reason I bring up these idea or this idea of transition is because let's be honest with ourselves. As Christians, we acknowledge we live in a state of transition. After we celebrate Pentecost, we go into ordinary time, the longest of the church seasons. What is ordinary time and how is it um, bookmarked? It begins with the Ascension and then Pentecost, and ends with the Feast of Christ the King. That is the transitional place where we have been for over 2,000 years, somewhere between the Ascension and Pentecost and the reign of God returned, when this world shall be restored to that of which God had intended at the time of creation. And so we as a Christian people should be pretty comfortable with the idea that we are constantly wandering and moving towards something better and something greater and in a constant state of transition. But we seem to be more like Peter and Elisha fearful of it, resistant. And so as I look at this morning's readings, I feel like we have a couple of questions that we have to ask ourselves in light of them. And the first question is, what is it within me that causes me to resist moving with Christ and God towards the reign of God? What is it 
that I need from God to feel comfortable to move forward? Do I need that double portion as Elisha did? And the other question that we have, because in both cases we see that in this time of transition, somebody has to move into a position of leadership or of service, and that we as baptized people are commissioned to be part of that force that helps usher in the reign of God. Think back to Advent with the words of Isaiah to prepare the way of the Lord. And so the next question that we need to ask ourselves is, how is God calling me to take on a new role within this transition to the reign of God? And what is it in that request that I am resisting? Because if we put ourselves into these narratives this morning, most likely we find ourselves relating most to Elisha's anxiety of change and leadership and Peter's desire to stay stuck. So this morning, as we find ourselves on the precipice of great change, we have to ask ourselves as we come off the mountain and journey with Jesus to the cross, what is it that God is calling us to do to be part of this time of transition and to lead the way to the kingdom of God. Amen. I invite you to stand and join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came. By the power of the Holy Spirit, incarnate from the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake, under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. With all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord, saying, Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above, for the loving kindness of God, and for the salvation of our souls, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the world, and for the welfare of the Holy Church of God, and for the unity of all people, 
Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our bishop and for all the clergy and people, and let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our president, for the leaders of the nation, for all authority, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the towns of South Kingston and Narragansett, for every city and community, and for those who live in them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for an abundance of fruits of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the good earth which God has given us and for the wisdom and will to conserve it, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who travel on land, on water, or in the air, or through outer space, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the aged and infirm, for the widowed and orphans, for the sick and the suffering, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. In our parish cycle of prayer, for Paul and Colleen Sardelli, Richard and Wendy Sauce, and Phyllis Seelan, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. In our diocesan cycle of prayer, for the clergy, widows, and widows, widowers of the diocese, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the poor and oppressed, for the unemployed and the destitute, for prisoners and captives, and for all who remember and care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who have died in the hope of the resurrection, especially Scott Winfield, Newell and Janine Hines, Drew, and for all the departed, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For deliverance from all danger, violence, oppression, and degradation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That we may end our lives in faith and hope, without suffering and without reproach, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Defend us, deliver us, and in thy compassion, protect us, O God, O Lord, by thy grace. Lord, have mercy. In the communion of our patron Peter and of all the saints, let us commend ourselves and one another in all our life to Christ our God. To thee, O Lord, our God. Let us this morning continue in our prayers for peace throughout this world. And for those who live within the reach of harm, especially those in Ukraine and Russia, for those in Gaza and Israel, in the Sudan and Iran, we also pray for those who have left their homes because of fear of violence around them, that those who now seek refuge in a new land may find a place of safety in which to lay their heads at night. Hasten, O Father, the coming of your kingdom. 
and grant that we, our servants, who now live by faith, may with joy behold your Son at his coming in glorious majesty, even Jesus Christ, our only mediator and advocate. Amen. We confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. Good morning, everybody. Peace with you. It's me, Ron, your senior warden, and I have the announcements. Um, I was actually kind of concerned this morning that uh, Father Craig was going to say, oh, look, it's snowing on Tuesday, no pancakes. And uh, I, I asked him that. I said, yeah, we'll see. So um, Tuesday, we will wait and see. Um, when do you want to make the call? So we'll take a look at what's going on at noon and what the prediction is, and we'll put it up on our Facebook page, and we'll have an announcement right at the top of our website. There you go. Someone loves carbs. Um, <laughs> and so, no, I love carbs too. Uh, and so, and on, carbs. so that will be happening on 6 o'clock um, Tuesday, and then Ash Wednesday, services at 12 and 7 p.m., and what else do we have uh, there? On the 24th is a speaker series on consumer and economic justice and elder protection, um, identity theft avoidance. Next Thursday, the 22nd, is our spaghetti dinner. And that, it's kind of fun to think that that's what started the whole community dinners. And so we're gonna make a big old mess of spaghetti and <laughs> eat it and if you do if we'll you know and Jeunesse is going to make meatballs too but we'll have those on the side so everyone's whatever okay that look and the preschool is still enrolling and Drake has a few things that he wants to say about being quiet <laughs> Ron I think you should come I'll save a spot for you um, uh, this coming Saturday, the 17th, I will be leading a Lenten quiet day. And any of you who uh, hear me invite you to come be quiet and shudder at that uh, idea, let me make a better pitch. Um, so in order to enter into a season of a holy Lent, it's, it's not a bad time to just kind of take stock, spend an afternoon or, or a day to take stock of what quiet silence um, and especially forgiveness and reconciliation might mean for us in this upcoming season. So the day will 
start off with a round of morning prayer we'll do in here, and then about three different sessions that will run roughly about an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes, where we'll have a little bit of group conversation and a little bit of thought around some of these themes, and then I'll set everyone loose with sort of a menu of options on how to spend the rest of that chunk of time in a space of quiet or silence, either individually or there'll be some options to do things with other people. Uh, we'll do that about three times during the day. We'll also provide a light lunch, and then we will close out the day with a more contemplative Eucharist. Uh, if we have a small enough group, we might actually be up here. Uh, it won't be exactly the same as a Sunday. So if you're interested in all, have any questions about that, uh, just grab me at coffee hour. I'll be around for a few minutes today, or send me an email and be happy to chat. But all are welcome. If you are planning to come, do please sign up via the e-news uh, announcement just so we get a good head count for lunch. Thank you. And just a reminder, there is coffee hour. Everyone's invited. It is out in the parish hall right through the store. If you are visiting or new to St. Peter's and haven't done so already, um, please take a moment and fill out the visitor card that's found in the pocket at the back of the pew in front of you, right in that pew pocket. Please fill it out and just pop it right in the offertory plate. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God.
The Lord be with you, and also with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. Because in the mystery of the Word made flesh, you have caused a new light to shine in our hearts, to give the knowledge of your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. We give thanks to you, O God, for the goodness and love which you've made known to us in creation, in the calling of Israel to be your people, in your words spoken through the prophets, and above all in the word made flesh, Jesus, your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he'd given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection, we await his coming in glory, and we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving 
to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ and bring us to that heavenly country where with the blessed Virgin Mary, Peter, our patron, and all your saints, we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you through Christ, singleness of heart, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Please stand and join in singing hymn 137, found in the blue hymnals.
Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Alleluia.